But 90s was cheesy. 90s music, 90s movies yeah. were Aww. all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Uh, we are <laughs> uh, we are at the brink of a brand new episode of Pop Gear, a somewhat regular podcast on things that we find valuable and not so valuable and downright awful. So, as usual, we have four of us here today. I'm Amulya. I'm Sohan. I'm Sai. And I'm Suraj. So. This week we're talking about a very very particular topic that's very close to our hearts and it's called guilty indulgences. Mm. Clarifying what guilty indulgences is about. Uh these are not necessarily things that will enrich your it's not like reading James Joyce. It's not that. It's not an endeavor that will enrich your intellectual abilities in any way, which is why we're talking about first of all we're making a podcast on pop culture. Pop culture is not necessarily terrible, but then it can be terrible. So we're exploring those outer edges of pop culture today. So here this is the first time maybe that closet rom-com watching boys, chick flick watching boys will come out and then say have very strong points of view of what it is that they love about rom-coms. We'll have some uh let's just say some a uh, very bad taste in music being displayed <laughs> also we will be talking about really old people who shouldn't be acting at all but well they are and how that's a wonderful thing to watch and we'll also be talking about some subcultures that are still under the what shall we say under garb i guess so yeah all that and more on this episode uh first up we have sai talking about um let's just say the disaster of a rom-com called love actually so go for it sai present your case right. there was an article uh, in the guardian called what killed the romcom it was love actually yes. right by hadley freeman oh that's and not even clickbait it's like <laughs> the answers right there no like a tldr yeah tldr and to be very honest and to be very honest right the article is in the uh, headline right there's nothing much in the explanation that she gives as to why she hates love actually except no, for no there's the, a lot that she says and there are she does, points. but we'll come to that yeah. we'll come to that right yeah. but she's so wrong my, my point is that you know uh, 90s was a great period for romantic movies because it had great movies like Notting Hill, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pretty Woman, uh, my favorite, uh, While You Were Sleeping, and then One Fine Day. Uh, romantic films which uh, might have a lot of illogical, uh, irrational, uh, non-commonsensical uh, plots. Stories. Yeah, hmm. but and and they're all things that you would have seen in other movies. But Bridget Jones and whatnot. Exactly yeah. right. Bridget Jones a little more closer to the next decade. But uh, my point is, Love Actually was really Uh, a sort of a tribute to that era of movies where you had really good old school values and family friendly oh, love stories good yeah okay you mean like hackneyed guy gets girl guy enforces himself on girl guy doesn't hey, even know values. the language <laughs> very old school values right yeah. <laughs> all of the above all of the above do you think no but in 2003 i mean when the movie released right it was it was in the era of so called this whole Wokeness. feminism wave Wokeness. that's going on currently don't say <laughs> that bro no, no, seriously i'm saying it was in a period where things were nicer right <laughs> i just have a feeling our podcast will be set on fire after this <laughs> but yeah go on yeah it was in the era of ladiesfinger.com and you know where you had oh <laughs> shots fired <laughs> i mean the things were much more nicer and you know <laughs> so obviously there are 12 stories in it which uh, we all know are one to many right? uh, <laughs> or like 
it needs to be seen from a certain context of time right so mm-hmm. pretty woman for example is a movie that you might uh, <laughs> totally bar for right <laughs> <you know>? now <laughs> but it's a lovely movie right i think all of us have rented it on vhs and dude i still have a vcd of it like yeah. at home man and it's not even my copy it's somebody else's yeah. <laughs> it's just there <laughs> and for me love actually is a great feel good movie and i i think uh, the biggest invention in the modern era for me is a romedy now right mm. so if you want to just sit and watch dumb stupid romedy films or romcom films uh there aren't too many from the last 10 years right 10 years last 10 years have been the real death of uh, like there's there's films. no place for romcoms now i think you have a lot more kind of experimental let's see you know love stories from a fucked up uh regular neurotic woman kind of point of view so maybe it doesn't count as a movie but maybe a tv show like girls yeah yeah mm. where you're talking about yeah. really really bad decisions like i have a, i have this theory that american tv as well as movies should have a genre a separate genre called bad decision making <laughs> bad yes. decisions yes. exactly shit shit i will regret yes. doing so yes no That's but true. like what suraj is saying right so suraj said they became more adultish and which is and which is actually what hadley freeman was talking about that romcoms became more cynical yeah right? they became yeah. very realistic exactly. yeah. they became realistic but from an old school perspective 90s was a great period for cheesy music yeah. like good sounding pop It's music amazing <laughs> how you oh, can speak right to my heart yeah. to do like that only. you say it best when you shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> like secret <laughs> so uh, the couple of points i wanted to make about love actually was that uh, like i said it has one too many stories and i ideally i would like one day somebody to design a sort of a website or a portal where you can pick and choose which stories you want to see that day or that particular year mm. because like i said i like to watch it every year so <laughs> you know out of the 12 stories obviously there are some stories like there's a story of this guy called colin who goes to the united states looking for love, love. or oh yeah, yeah the backpacker eh yeah, yeah yeah and i don't know yeah. what sense that's right that's both <laughs> uh, I mean, so basically he gets laid because he has a british accent yeah Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I, I don't by, it's an but, orgy. Five women throw themselves no, at No, but that's the basis of every Hugh Grant movie ever. <laughs> that's not Hugh Grant by the way. I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Shit. I don't yeah, know what's this. This some random. <laughs> this some random shit and my understanding of that was those three women were actually prostitutes or am i just reading too much into it i mean you have watched it you have watched it way more than like we have so so this is supposed to be yeah you're supposed to know this by now dude like the back of your head yeah talk about symbolism in love actually say what is yeah this? i mean uh, so <laughs> Hugh Grant for me was just playing Hugh Grant right just like in all his yeah, movies, yeah, yeah, all his yeah, movies. Yeah. he was being our kind of Salman Khan one yeah. or two token hey, khan Suraj will get pissed now for me just the sure cast that it had Emma Thompson Rowan Atkinson uh, everyone right and uh, Alan Rickman Alan Rickman yeah, I mean yeah. and but Alan Rickman plays a turkey in this i was so disappointed <laughs> see the sexism part except uh. but he's he's a very controlled turkey no he's like <laughs> What, what are Claire. you saying? So you're saying there is a mild creep. How does that work? Creep There's a woman creep. throwing herself no, at he's him. A, he's a, no, no, he's a very Alan Rickman creep. Like he's like, look, I want to get into your pants, but very deliberately. <laughs> I but want very to slither in your pants. <laughs> <laughs>
right so i'll just tell you what i love, love about it one is of course the comedy the one uh, specific thing that he spoke about was the scene with rowan atkinson and uh, alan rickman in the store when he's buying the gift mm-hmm. uh, there are other scenes like very tragic scenes right one with emma thompson when she finds out her husband oh, is cheating is, yeah. and she goes back into her room and there's no dialogue there's no you know exaggerated emotion she's just si- sitting there and trying to control her emotions mm-hmm. really beautiful scenes right and then of course there's a comedy of hugh grant mm. uh, there's a little bit of uplifting emotion where he stands up as a british prime minister which at that point of time right 2003 when you had tony blair george bush you had the whole american yeah. you know bullying behavior going on and you really felt that i mean i for me actually that's the most uplifting moment of that film mm. where hugh grant gives that beautiful speech where he talks of harry potter david beckham mm. it's cheesy right but 90s was cheesy 90s music 90s movies yeah. were Aww. all <laughs> <laughs> Hey, go ahead. Yeah. I'll come back to Dil to Pagal later. <laughs> <laughs> this is kabhi khushi kabhi gham dude. No, I know, but I'm just saying the entire series the entire period of 90s was a lot more optimistic in a world sense, right? And we we all know what's happened in the last 10 years and how people are a lot more pessimistic. Hence you see the growth of memes and humor mm-hmm. etc, right? And I I felt it's a great sort of a nod to the 90s era yeah uh, that actually uh, the the nice part of it now is that you can look back at it and make fun of it as something that was so bad it's good yeah. it's that i think it's that's where it's come to like how we watch govinda sequences that you know that it's exactly yeah, yeah. it's no, no but no. see again and and again if you if if you've seen salame ishq which i have on yeah. sorry but it's so bad but love actually like Like when you look at the two of them side by side, love actually actually looks so much better. Right? Because it's better made and it has so all of it is relative. Yeah, and Emma Thompson. And yeah, and Emma Thompson. The part of being faulty, right? Uh, from a context perspective, right? So if if I would take a random alternate example of Rishikesh Mukherjee movies, right? Mm. You see all his old school movies, right? They have the same old good family values. at the same time they are sexist hmm. they talk about Such sanskar yeah sanskar they talk about the mother mm-hmm. the wife the mother in law the sister in law all right. their their role in the f- house is to cook to mm. take care of the family the husbands they actually they actually dialogues in bavarchi for example which say that you are the man of the house you are the one who has a right to tell the woman what to do yeah. right these are sexist but <coughs> from a certain eras perspective yeah. they they reflect exactly what yeah. we yes. they're right for the time yeah. Yeah. and they're such feel good movies right and you go back today and watch mm-hmm. rishikesh mukherjee movies they are fantastic to watch but then i think it's nostalgia value and it's not necessarily of you don't engage with the content and then say that oh my god this made my day you just like watch it and say oh my god i used to love this so much same thing with kuch kuch hota hai like if i watch kuch kuch hota hai now i'm like mm-hmm. ha <laughs> but creepy <laughs> fucking creepy fucking <laughs> you mean cool Yeah, cool. The school principal hitting on yeah. the yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like you. <laughs> no, but still, anyway, you watch it and you're like, oh my god, I've watched this movie so many times. Yeah. I know all the songs by heart. It's it's kind of ironic. I think to take it seriously beyond that, eh. <laughs> I think uh, I want to talk about one thing that uh, Amulya and I had a uh, tiff over, which is the Kira Knightley uh, love story piece. What the, the fuck? <laughs> that's my only critique of it, and it's the most honest critique. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> for me that is the that, that sweetest is like part of the movie right so there are movies how is that, that sweet that's creepy <laughs> i think he's having a stroke that's like i know you're marrying my best friend but i'm going to spend 3 hours taking a video of you yeah, yeah. like what the hell and i got a whole placards outside your house and that profess my love to you and pretend i didn't profess my love to you like fuck you spineless piece of shit <laughs> 
yeah but yeah that story of a sort of a secret love uh, friend it's zone like guy and sharman joshi territory <laughs> <laughs> right uh, so i thought it's very sweet i i thought that's a very iconic proposal See. scene from our generation how like, is it a proposal scene bro I mean, it's basically I love you, but you're married to my best friend. So I'll fuck you fucking... in a different chance, <laughs> chance per dance. Kill him off, then I'll come do for you. So I'm the good guy. I'm hurting inside. I mean, these are. Why did he say it before he got married? See, there's no logic to it. I mean, let's <laughs> let's not apply logic to. No, Curtis, this is your fault. Your fault, fucker. You didn't do research. You have made a lifetime of bad decisions. You belong in American cinema, not in British. <laughs> And then coming to our, I think a universally accepted favorite uh, story in the entire movie mm. is yeah, yeah. is Bill Nighy's uh, story, uh, where he's a guy who's yeah. the cliche of every rock star that's ever lived, and uh, oh yeah, that was yeah. a great scene, yeah. Yeah, 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 and he strikes a friendship, yeah, and he strikes a friendship with his manager. I that's think that was yeah, that was the second favorite one after Emma Thompson getting dubbed. Yeah. yeah. I also like it because he poops on blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says we all have short pricks or something like little yeah. pricks. <laughs> no, but it's amazing when, uh, that there is something at least like when they're talking about love. Another problem with love, actually, the movie is that it is so fucking unidimensional about how it explores love. Like, actually, when the when we were talking about this uh, Walking Dead dudes trope, yeah. right? I actually thought when it mm. opened the first time that I watched it, mm-hmm. I thought he was gay for his best friend. Oh. It actually that's the feels I got. It actually starts off yeah. like that, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. So I got the feels that oh he has a thing, but then no. It's yeah, just but if you're doing negative. like twelve stories in like a one and a half hour film, this it's very. Why, why do eleven have to be? Why do eleven have to be like you know like heterosexual male fantasies? That's that's where it is. Uh, yeah. You know what happened to bhai bhai ka pyar? What happened to maa ka pyar? Yeah, yes, yeah, Susu. Now you got it. And yeah, so this Bill Nye's uh, subplot. was the only one that was kind of different that you talk about friendship that you talk yeah. about and it's also if it's really about christmas and celebrating relationships and all of that then what are the, what about the other relationships that do exist in your life yeah the other story i think that could have been definitely dropped is the liam neeson and his son's uh, crush on some random that i mean that was, was completely random yeah, and unnecessary yeah. uh, at the same time i loved i i know amulya doesn't like this too much but i loved the colin firth's love affair with this uh portuguese maid. spanish maid that uh, i want to i want to buy your daughter <laughs> no but come on is this, this is how that is the other heterosexual fantasy thing portuguese or spanish or what <laughs> i'm just saying that was she so she doesn't speak the language yeah she doesn't speak the language she just and again, it, it's completely it. illogical you know the fact that they never spoken to each other but they want to marry each other yeah it's completely illogical but that that's what 90s uh, these things happen yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to take a shit on something else that people wear. Yeah. Expandables. Expandables. It's actually expandables, guys. We're not that also illiterate. It's fine. <laughs> Go on, Sogan. Okay, so I, I think most of you have context to what the Expandables is about. Bunch okay. of old washed-up. I don't. Superstars. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Stop it, Amalia. Okay, <laughs> so. I really don't know why they made this film, okay? <laughs> But at some point of time, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and a whole bunch of other action stars probably realized they were, you know, out of money or something like that. And home loan, what home? <laughs> <laughs> EMI. EMI. So you know, EMI. washing machine. EMI. Sorry to interrupt, but there's huh? a scene in the movie where uh, actually a couple of scenes in the movie where Jet Li keeps interrupting, saying that I actually have a family to feed. <laughs> I need more money. <laughs> Based on a true story. <laughs> I need to be paid more money. And I was like, this is what these fuckers are doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is exactly that so let me tell you first why i like it and then i'll you know go into the specifics so i think first of all it's the opposite of love actually <laughs> and second yes it doesn't take it so seriously for one yeah. fucking second <laughs> and uh, second i think um 
I think it's like a male version of Sex in the City. Like you know, like girls go together and go like, "Hey, girlfriend, let's go watch Sex in the City," and all. But as guys, we don't have like a bunch of movies like superhero and all that shit is mainstream. But Expendables, not Expendables, is one of those things that you go and you're like all testosterone, you're, you're beating your male friend in the chest and pushing him around. Like, yeah, let's go watch this. Basically, you you you've just described every Salman Khan movie ever. <laughs> I hope so, just so you know. Like, boy, except there are five. Yeah. <laughs> So okay so essentially there are three expendables film the first one is a fairly passable film as being very objective i mean there's a lot of nostalgia thrown in silvester stallone's written and directed there's arnold schwarzenegger dolph lundgren pretty much any action movie star from the 90s like barring i think rajinikanth is there in that film right and and it's fairly it's a it works as a fairly decent action film there are like decent set pieces bodies flying you know heads exploding that sort of thing <laughs> and you're like oh this is good mm, yeah finally we're seeing like arnie and sly in the same movie and stuff mm. i think the second and third part is where you know shit like just goes to the next level <laughs> and it suddenly becomes extremely self aware because you have Arnold Schwarzenegger saying stuff like I'll be back and then Bruce Willis replies saying hey you've been back before and then he says yippee and it it just <laughs> delves into like utter rubbish and there's Chuck Norris who appears out of nowhere and then tells a Chuck Norris joke and of course he does yeah <laughs> and uh, there's a Novak Djokovic cameo out of nowhere like just that? randomly yeah because the enemy is in Serbia or something like that. Of yeah. course they deleted that from the theatrical cut but it's there in the DVD. Yeah. And um, what else? Yeah. Uh the character names are atrocious, okay? I'm just going to read out some character names. And you would think at I I have a feeling at some point of time the steroids in Sly Stallone, you know, it just seeped into his brain and like messed with him or something. Because <laughs> I, I let me just okay. So Sylvester Stallone's character name is Barney Ross. Fine, that's okay. okay. Jason Statham plays a guy named Lee Christmas. and that so he's an expert with knives and he has atrocious puns throughout the movie like oh that was the knife before christmas <laughs> and like told in all seriousness after he's like killed like 20 people with one knife there's terry cruz playing a guy named hail caesar okay <laughs> straight face i'm just yeah um uh, randy cutter plays a guy named toll road like t o l l r o a d like but i i don't know and bruce willis is a guy named mr church uh, mr church oh yeah the mr church yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is the kicker and you know that they really didn't spend too much time figuring this out jetly's character is a guy named yin yang <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not racist uh, at all <laughs> yeah and lastly mickey rourke i think and i think this is fairly accurate he plays a guy named tool <laughs> there, there's a scene in the first movie where there's like this 10 minutes for 10000 days oh, oh, heavy 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 <laughs> So there's a scene in the first movie which I think is I think the worst piece of filmmaking ever but I still enjoyed it where he goes on this 5 minute monologue about some Vietnam war and stuff and you can actually see Mickey Rourke drooling in the entire scene and <laughs> it it is just disappointing you're like you know what like you're a, he, he hasn't he won like a academy award <laughs> and you're like what are you doing man but <laughs> at the same time they're so like self aware they're not taking itself seriously when I'm watching the film uh sometimes you're laughing at some genuinely funny joke like a really bad pun mm. sometimes you're laughing at the self awareness sometimes you know you're laughing at uh in jokes that they throw in like for example in the third movie they there's a new expandable <laughs> there's, there's a new expandable that you know who's who's been in jail for like few years and he's like one of the most vicious killers turns out it's Wesley Snipes oh. so then they ask him uh, dude why were you in jail and he says tax evasion <laughs> which is quite weird because Wesley Snipes was in ta- was in jail for 3 years because <laughs> of tax evasion <laughs> so they've actually thrown in all this you know Real stuff life. and 
the action is like so over the top it kind of gets funny like for instance uh, silvester stallone i think kills like an entire country's population with a single pistol and he's just <laughs> running you can see his man boobs like in slow motion oh! like and yeah i think these guys just blinded by the you know his yeah. man boobs and he's like killing people and there are like heads flying everywhere and like legs breaking and stuff like that yeah. so it's a lot of fun i think it's damn stupid it's it's pointless it's but it's a lot of fun and i really like it so i t- spoke about love actually and 90s nostalgia this movie is all about 90s nostalgia mm. right so uh, throw back to all yeah, the action flicks that we watched back then yeah so so the thing is i think why people our age like you know people born in the late 80s and stuff mm. uh we it was very tough to watch like say a terminator 2 or a die hard used to, you know you used to sneak in like try and watch it when your parents were asleep, know, were asleep yeah. watch like bits of it on star movies and stuff and it was completely exhilarating like seeing you know um anal schwarzenegger doing his stunts in terminator 2 so mm. it's a throwback to that entire era a little mm. bit mm. and then it kind of goes on to its own tangent where mm. you know, so as an idea around. right so yeah. expendables works as a brilliant idea like somebody came mm. to a room and said you yeah. know what today i have an idea yeah. let's like bruce will Silver Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all of them in one movie, yeah. and make it about some, you know, random doesn't matter, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, as an idea, it works very well. Mm-hmm. But finally, the execution—they all look so old, yeah. and they're trying so hard with the whole bromance bullshit. Yeah, that Mickey Rourke scene, right? That's yeah. a shittiest scene in the world. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> So Mickey Rourke is a tattoo artist who's trying to talk about this one time we were in yeah. Vietnam yeah. and there was this woman dying mm-hmm. and I let her die I was just so out of emotion <laughs> and such bullshit um, and, and he's drooling while saying that yeah, yeah. And, and this whole throwback right even the jokes are so trying hard right yeah. there's a scene try hard Anand Schwarzenegger comes into <laughs> with the vengeance <laughs> they should have just called it try hard try with the vengeance with the vengeance yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anand Schwarzenegger yeah. walks out of a deal yeah. and uh Shalon tries to be funny by saying you know he wants to be the American president or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 like some really bad in joke where you're trying to be Dude, my 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 a, favorite Oh, so who's next Rambo? And yeah. Yeah. My favorite expendable joke is that they named Jean-Claude Van Damme villain in the second movie. Yeah, villain. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Jean Villain. <laughs> No, but I think that uh, this movie—the only reason why I think I'd still give it some kind of props to watch it again—is because you know it's bad. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's time pass. Yeah. It is time pass. Yeah. It's like try. It's. It's just a bunch of guys who kind of got together and they're like, "Yeah, let's just have some fun." I mean, we miss making movies. Nobody wants to look mm. at us anymore. We're yeah. a bunch of aged people. We can't do the same roles that are that we like. I can't do this anymore. Get yeah. down, everyone! You can't <laughs> do that anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just try it one last time, just yeah. for the sake yeah. of it, you know. So yeah. yeah. And why aren't you picking on the sexism in this movie? Right? Because, because it's because like yeah, because there's one hot woman <laughs> whose only job is to be <laughs> hot. hot. She's a lampshade. Yeah, yes, she, she can be replaced by a lampshade yeah. for sure. But the thing is that they know it. They know it. They're aware of it. It's not like in love actually. It's completely unintended. Yeah. It's innocent of it. It's like, but I am a hurt lover boy. <laughs> like she's married someone else. I'm entitled to her love. I can stand outside her window with black cards. It's perfectly fine, <laughs> you know. That it's yeah. like it, it, there's no there's no awareness about that writing at all. Here they're like, yeah, I have just cast Ronda Rousey. Come on, yes. baby, bring those muscles and the boobs. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These two guys land in a exotic South American country, which mm-hmm. is run by a dictator, and the first person they meet is a exotic hot. So like Spanish, Spanish. Yeah, yeah, who's no. there to help, help them, them out no, yeah. but Damsel she has a distress, heart and then yeah. he comes back all the way to the country just to, to just to save yeah. her <laughs> but they Wouldn't know this is side. stupid they yeah, know they this know is it. like yeah. you know they're throwing back to an era where they got away with making shit like this very seriously and they're sitting on millions you know yeah. based on that they have yeah. empires based on this get down get down again get, get down. to the chopper <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Although, and one, one more thing is, I, it must be the Botox or the steroids or whatever. I didn't understand a word Sylvester Stallone said in he's any of the so three much. movies. Yeah. Like, he's like, uh, Thank God for yeah. Netflix and stuff. Yeah. 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 I think this is the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dude, actually, I should make fun of him. You don't Adrian. know if he's had a stroke. You don't maybe, know. maybe, yeah. <laughs> he might have had a stroke. Yeah, and and you can tell. I think I'm not sure if it was the second or the third film. You can tell that he probably you know couldn't write anything for Jet Li's character in the movie. So, so in the first scene, up. he just jumps out of an helicopter. He's like, oh, I gotta go by <laughs> like G T G B B R B. He goes, and then in the last scene, he's back again. Okay, so uh, talking about inclusivity and uh, fun fact. Uh, turns out there is an Expendables that's coming featuring mm. only women's. Yes. Uh, we don't know what the status of it is. Apparently. Development hell yes, right now. That, yeah. Yes. That's where it, it is in. Limbo. Far mm. away. Death. Max. But yeah. Speaking of inclusivity in cinema or at least in pop culture in general. How many of you guys have been watching RuPaul's Drag Race? Not me. Crickets. Crickets, <laughs> sir. All of you guys are hopeless. <laughs> hopeless. Okay. RuPaul is a renowned drag queen. Right. Uh, probably one of the first and most famous drag queen faces to actually put the culture of drag queens on, you know, the map in general. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a reality show that he runs uh, called RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's full of cheesy puns. It's it's super like, you know, it's it's a reality show in that there's a lot of elimination rounds right. and so much drama. Contestants, of course. Close up shots. Close up shots. Contestants, oh, I hit that shot. Like, oh yeah, God. and then throwing shade at each yeah. other and all that. And uh, the kind of vocabulary also that exists in drag culture is something that actually percolates into our everyday life. So the kind of stuff that we say, like, for example, throwing, yeah, throwing shade. shade yeah, exactly. Throwing shade is something that actually comes from drag culture. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, fun fact. You won't believe who was one of the biggest uh, fans of RuPaul in the past. Kurt Cobain. Oh. Yeah. So actually, that's how old. Is that old? Ru yeah. RuPaul is like super fucking old. I remember first seeing RuPaul when I so I was mildly scandalized, but I used to come back from school and watch Hollywood Squares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And RuPaul was on the show, and I was yeah, I was obviously in school, and you know. So RuPaul yeah. actually kind of shot to shot to fame for making a lot of music videos. Mm. So that's where uh, his journey started. Directing them. No, he used to feature in them. He sings as oh, well. Huh. So this is this is the amazing thing and positive thing about this uh, TV show. That it's not about just how you look. It's also in addition. So drag queens are famous not just for putting on that costume mm -hmm. and being extravagant and blah. But also for being talented. Right. So you have to be performance. You, you have to be camp. You have to be comedians. You, right. have to, you have to have a sense of timing and blah. Uh, grounding it to, you know, comparison culture or whatever here... Uh, you know that even Kapil Sharma tries drag sometimes, but then he tries it in a negative kind of yeah. way. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. Know, you do drag as a thing of making fun of people uh, exactly. and then saying that, oh, look at me, I'm a drag, I'm in drag. It's not that. So, uh, have you watched this documentary called Paris is Burning? It's about how in the States particularly, there were these houses that used to exist, like sort of like halfway houses, where kids who wanted to play drag, who wanted, who are still exploring, they, they, they don't belong right. to cisgender sort of classifications. Mm -hmm. And generally, they were curious about drag. They needed a safe space to go and express themselves. So they'd go dress up and, you know, kind of like perform for each other. So these were called houses. Oh. Uh -huh. So they were actually legit houses called House of Extravaganza, uh, House of La Bella. So each of these like different, different titles. And they all had people at the helm called mothers. Mm. Like how you have in brothels, you have a yeah. bad yeah. comparison. Madams. Madams. Yeah, like how you have madams, but that's different. Then. But here, it's like there are mothers and mm -hmm. she takes care of her children. That she protect. Okay. So you subscribe to a house, 
you're part of that house you come there and you can just totally let your freak flag fly like anything goes mm-hmm. so you can do they do like you know fashion shows for each other these kids they can't usually afford you know kind of stuff uh, co- cosmetics or costumes or any of that so they'd go steal they'd come here try on clothes mm-hmm. put on makeup and, okay. and you like walk the ramp for each other sing for each other do lip sync and all of that so rupaul's drag race kind of follows that sort of house culture okay so it's like it's a place where everything is acceptable whatever mm-hmm. it is so she gives you a th- he gives you a theme okay and uh, you can you can do whatever you want with it so it's like a creative expression anything goes really okay. like you can they are so upfront about the kind of clothes they're wearing or how they have enhanced themselves mm-hmm. like where they've stuffed their boobs they've okay. they've tucked their you know penises yeah, somewhere yeah. and they, okay. they they actually make comments also about that uh-huh. that the tuck is not working very well <laughs> and blah technical these these very yeah. very technical stuff and it is such a tribute and a half to how how complex it is to do drag mm-hmm. it's not easy to do drag like people yeah. the way that we ridicule it especially in our culture is to say that yeah chakka yeah, that exactly. you know that sort of thing yeah. it's not that you meet it with so much respect because you see the amount of work that these people work as cosmeticians and stuff right, mm-hmm. right. like even if you've had a casual look at instagram videos you see all these things of contouring and everything these dudes have been doing it forever mm. you know and uh, the way they put on fake eyelashes the way they put their costumes together they hand sew their costumes they make their costumes okay. for the for whatever okay. and they judged on that as well as each of these uh, episodes in the show they have different kind of challenges and tasks and stuff so you have to get together and write a a kind of camp rompy version of shakespeare because the whole uh, part where she spoke about kids going to houses right reminded me of bombay talkies huh that, exactly yeah. i was thinking, yeah, I was thinking exactly, exactly the same exactly thing so there's a story in uh, bombay talkies called sheela ki jawani yeah. which is made by zoya akhtar it's about a 12 year old boy who's sort of exploring his sexuality right and he goes and uh, meets a lot of his friends and then they yeah, perform at he dresses up yeah, as he dresses yeah. as a woman and uh, performs, performs in yeah. this particular house that is mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. of too yeah but then you need to know that you know drag culture is not necessarily an expression of sexuality you can be okay. a completely you don't have to be a transgender to be a drag queen you could be you could identify completely as man okay and you could be a drag queen as well so this is about putting up a persona it's it's a full time job you have to treat okay. it like a full time job it's a persona yeah. that you put up it's it's something you step into something else it doesn't reflect on whether you identify as a different gender or not as as you assign gender or not and the reason why i'm actually slotting this as a guilty pleasure is it's actually not a guilty pleasure because it's eye opening but uh it's eye opening when you do a little bit of research but if you just consume it as a reality tv show and the kind of stuff that we usually fed like a big sure. boss or any of those you see in those tv shows it's about just internal politics and drama and blah yeah. this is a positive spin on what a reality show could be so here it's a lot more empowering a story because these are people who have continually been subjugated to ridicule to you know abuse mm-hmm. the stories that you hear about these people are really sad when they do those background whatevers sure they do have like melodramatic moments where you know that sad maudlin music will play in the background <laughs> and they be like yeah i was 16 years old when i discovered that i wanted to do this and i come from a really catholic household all of that all of that is there right but when you come on to this tv show it's only about how good a drag queen you are So it's a little like maybe voice or something uh, where it is about the talent the drama outside of it is just incidental that's fine that's that's like whatever and each of these uh, if you win the season then you kind of win ambassadorship it opens up avenues for you and when you leave the TV show even the message that RuPaul leaves you with it generally is to go make your own story so you like you know your journey as a drag queen doesn't end here 
you know so that way it's a great just even if you don't delve into what the subculture is about even if you don't like give a shit about you know who these people are in real life mm-hmm. you will still feel kind of invested in what they what they're trying to do they really are trying to kind of like come on think about it rewriting scripts rewriting shakespeare plays as part of a challenge rather than it's it's something that i think you guys would tremendously yeah. enjoy like the kind of puns that they have on this tv show things like for example uh they say things like uh, they have rounds that are called bitch perfect mm. <laughs> or uh dads i'd like to frock <laughs> 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 and yeah that that shakespeare thing or the uh-huh. rewriting thing yeah. okay. that whole see, that whole whatever challenge was called shakespeare oh, nice. hmm. oh. <laughs> well it sounds interesting because it like you said first of all it's very eye opening but also these people seem extremely talented they are very yeah. very talented they, first of all you look at them in their non drag selves you're like how will this person yeah. become something fabulous after that you should see the way they transform dude yeah. like there's this one particular um drag queen called katya mm-hmm. so uh, the pronoun that they prefer to use is they they, they them yes. the there yeah. so good looking teenage ish kind of boy maybe 21 years old or something mm-hmm. but in drag fabulous like you know even deepika padukone be like let me take notes bro let me take notes you know mm-hmm. and you know they have such they generally have such a great sense of humor mm. and there's also pop culture wired into that because there's one of these characters called c3p ho garet oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she was dressed in all gold oh, nice. i mean ah. for that particular thing mm-hmm. so rupal actually kind of coined that for her okay. so that, yeah 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 you look like a c3p ho oh. <laughs> so yeah and yeah i mean it's it's uh, other cheesy things like there was this one uh, korean um drag queen who identifies as kimchi Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like yeah it's 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 yeah it's cute it's it's super cute it's also very smart mm. it's smart it's not like you know just not dumb down reality yeah i mean it is dumb down as a subculture for sure like the, it, it it has been made in a particular way that lay people like you and me who are extremely cisgender very like you know yeah run of the mill uh, let's watch love actually and enjoy <laughs> you know ask kind of you're not telling that to i'm going to leave this fucking room as kind of us normal plebeian horrible people yeah. that we could also kind of engage with it and mm. kind of get just a passing glimpse of what that world is like but it is fascinating it really is a lot of people should watch rupal and it's amazing that it's available on netflix in india season season 7 i think is on netflix mm-hmm. so please watch it sure. and just like just to say the kind of patronage the show receives the world over lady gaga has been a guest judge uh ariana grande has appeared on it mm. so i'm just saying that big shots do give a shit about this so like it's only a matter of time before yeah. people uh, as part of the pr kit show up on this and then say that see i'm progressive see like right. you know i'm i'm doing more for the community mm. and blah so so this is an episode of many firsts for us anyway first first of the novelties in this is that we are for the first time patching in suraj who's not in the studio with us he's far away fuck you suraj yeah we miss you awesome. suraj like Yeah, lies full of lies. So we're patching in Suraj and we're trying this for the first time remotely. That's the first novelty. Second, we are woke as fuck in this episode like so fucking woke. Woke means we are vocalist today. Yeah. Yeah, we okay. also Sai <laughs> <laughs> is not so woke. Yeah. <laughs> Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> and of course, sorry dude. And of course for the first time we haven't extensively talked about this topic but we are going to talk about music. Mm-hmm. 
So Suraj is going to take us through one of our fondest memories growing up in the 90s in the era when we had little tips and uh, pencils that we stick into it and then turn 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 <laughs> to rewind manually remember guys yeah. <laughs> So yeah take it away Suraj So what are the things that I so what I wanted to talk about today was this little compilation uh, set of albums that used to come out and 90s kids uh-huh. pay attention This is a series called Now that's what I call music right so Yeah. Yes! And when you were Actually it's not a little series okay lord it's There gone like into some 500, 500 no, yeah yeah so I, I so I did a little bit of research there are actually 95 over I think 25 or 30 years uh and oh, wow. uh, there's no mention of the of India anywhere on the internet right so a lot of these used to be basically made by EMI and Virgin Records and you'd have these like 40 rupee cassette tapes that would be available and it was also a fun way to get introduced to some new music remember back in the day this is when channel v was just starting out mtv was just starting out and it was your first introduction mm. to things like peter andre and wickfield and goldie yes. <laughs> and Sexy massive ass. attack ooh ooh ah ah it was it censored and it wasn't <laughs> censored right 1 two, 3 no it's 5 6 7 8 5 6 7 8 5 6 7 8 you heard prequel that was a prequel right so I am watched so the funny thing is I think the the best part of the whole now series was I don't think they paid too much attention to the order in which they put the the songs on the cassettes right so you would have like a really romantic boys own song and I then it would just like it would just go into like I don't know Don Henley singing the boys of summer and you're just like wait what the fuck yeah so what? all kinds of random shit and the funny thing is because there were never any India specific editions I don't think there was any continuity uh-huh. to what what you got, right? So there were times when you'd end up with like now that's what I call music twenty six, which was the US edition, yeah. uh-huh. and then suddenly you'd get seventeen, uh-huh. which was the UK edition because the UK edition started much later, and it was really later, basically uh-huh. the first introduction to a lot of these guys, right? A lot of these bands that you had never heard of. So shit like Aqua, for instance, before before they became MTV or the Spice Girls or the All uh-huh. Saints and. Basically every dirty pop one hit wonder that you can think of, right? The funny thing is, some of the sound huh. sets also had this really crazy stuff, right? So it had Clapton and Chrissy Hind. Is the one cassette that I have had Clapton and Chrissy Hind. It also uh-huh. had Oasis. It also had Portishead. What? Portishead. Yeah. Portishead was on wow. now. Yeah, Portishead. Glory Box was. Yeah. I I first heard Glory Box oh. on now. That's what I call music. Now so that's what I call music. Three is by far my favorite cassette of all time. Mine is five. Five. Huh? Yeah. So this one I remember the order. It started with Hanson's Mumbop. Yes, Hanson. And then it it had it had Backstreet Boys. No, it had R Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and funny story. So and slight deviation here. Has anyone watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, season two, episode nine. One Ayyo, of my f- so <laughs> no no so one of my favorite test moments of the show uh, basically they they are living and they're quite poor right yeah. she lives with titus they're quite poor so they find this series uh, of tapes i think i'm mm. not sure called now that's what sounds like music right <laughs> and, and it has songs like i'm walking on moonshine and, uh-huh. and the whole episode ends with uh, and a rendition mm. quote on quote uh-huh. of i believe i can fly called i'm convinced i can swim <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's by Art Smelly apparently, <laughs> and the lyrics go, you know, I, I'm convinced I can swim. Really hope that I had a fin or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> and yeah, please watch that show. Oh, it also had Bon Jovi's. Um, this one, 
it's my, my life. life. One song. of those compilations. So I the good part of the whole series is that there are actual playlists on YouTube. So that is really a guilty pleasure, right? So. Oh, on days, how amazing! On days, on days when you don't, when you want to kind of like revisit your childhood, just hook up to YouTube, search for a track list from now. That's what I call music, and like go mm-hmm. back and find like an old, old as fuck playlist that you hear songs that you've never heard, that you haven't heard before. in like ages, forever, right? So I wouldn't say never heard before. I'd say this is songs that you. Not heard for ages. Haven't heard in eras together. Yeah, yeah. and then suddenly it's like actually it makes for a great drunken playlist. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And like yours is like, I think the good part of the whole thing is also it also kind of transports you back, and you start thinking about oh fuck, where did I hear this for the first time? So it's an absolute uh. guilty pleasure trip in that sense, right? You're like, hey, wait, this I heard at my friend's place when I was smoking my first illicit cigarette at the age of eighteen, <laughs> and I remember we were listening to this cassette, and it just basically <laughs> triggers all of that, right? And some of the uh. songs are atrocious, of course. Some of like, yeah, yeah, shit like Coco Jumbo, and you're just like, dude, what the fuck? I can't even believe oh. I still <laughs> like this shit, right? And we all love all of us love that. Shit. Yeah, we totally it was beautiful do. 90s period of exactly. dude dude by the way suraj it's not just that in addition to what you're saying right so there is a bop of all now compilations i think and this was the first ever set of the, i have this theory okay so you remember winamp right so i had this um, i know this for a fact that at least in bangalore there was this like incestuous circuit of people who got mm. the same fucking folder Of songs as well as the setup file for winner. <laughs> okay, so it is that and basically. And a virus three. <laughs> yeah, so there'll be like three robot mail songs in it. Uh. <laughs> one and one still is one. One of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> and then three Savage Garden songs. So Savage like Garden. Savage Garden. <laughs> so it's like you guys are killing my fucking childhood. <laughs> Love actually sucks. Suraj Garden. How about that? <laughs> I'm feeling bad. I didn't get this this playlist now. No, mm-hmm. it's there. I'm sure you had it too, dude. Like it this begins with this acoustic alchemy song. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember acoustic alchemy? No, exactly. <laughs> Then you did not have the first. Was it Darud Sandstorm by Darud? Darud also no. Darud didn't. Darud came later. Much much later. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so there's this folder that went like floating around, mm. and it was like the mother list of all now songs, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you should access. So this there's there's also a very nice, interesting backstory to the whole uh, to the whole. Now that's what I call music, right? So Richard Branson mm. apparently uh-huh. found a poster uh-huh. of a pig, right? So it's a it's some twenties ad for Danish bacon. When there's a pig listening to a chicken, and he says, "Now that's what I call music," and that's where he got the title. That's their target so audience, like, I think. So like, <laughs> let us find some singing chickens and tone deaf pigs, and we'll sell it to them, right? So. Dear Lord, okay. So I think it's safe to actually call these compilations. Uh, now that's what I call nostalgia because <laughs> yeah. clearly, uh, it, they've not they've aged quite well. My mm. favorite phase, yeah, yes. they've yes. aged quite well. I think they make for great drunken playlists, and mm. we would heartily recommend that you go look this up on YouTube because some very kind souls on the internet have actually compiled many lists together. So we'll be tweeting some of our favorite compilations also among these. Maybe we'll make our own compilation. I don't know. It depends on what kind of response we get from all seven of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> yes, our handle is at. <laughs> yes, Susu. Your yes, wife, seven. my wife, Sohan's <laughs> wife. Yeah. <laughs> all the four boys that I'm dating. Yeah. <laughs> None. <laughs> yeah. So we're on at Pop Gear Podcast on Twitter. You can even look for us on Facebook, where we are not very active, but we are always open to your messages. We are also on popgearpodcast at gmail dot com. We are email writing types. We love long, lengthy emails. Santosh Swami Nadan, shout out! Thanks for that email that you sent. I'd like to thank Hello? the academy, thank my parents, uh, my dog, my cats. 
God, 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 God also. God songs. God songs. God songs. God songs. God songs. <laughs> 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 